This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. thing we got to talk about is the polar vortex 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 polar tex polar vortex polar vortex they're not really calling it the polar vortex again are they, they are indeed they are again? indeed they are my friend yeah it's it's coming and we're running but there's no escape except in the Manhattan Library, in the Midtown Manhattan Library, the public library there. That's the only way you can get away from the Polar Vortex. Tex. Tex. <laughs> I can't believe that. I thought this was just yet another. There's no cold anymore. Like, there's never, it's never just no, cold. No, it can't just get, we can't just have a Canadian cold front come in. No. It's got to be something super special. And the polar vortex, I think, is because it's the only cold front mm-hmm. that comes with its own reverb. Mm-hmm. The polar vortex. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I, if I just say cold front, uh, that doesn't try, try to say it, but if you say it long, there probably won't be any reverb then. The cold front. No, see, You're right. So it didn't work. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. It just kind of falls flat there. Yeah. But it's you, really cold. No, that doesn't work. But if you do the polar vortex. The polar vortex. See? Yeah. Well, yeah. You're right. I, I noticed it that time. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I, I, I kind of feel like it's just, a, it's just a little cold for a few days. Do you that's, think that's that? how I would describe it. You think it. that? What? It's just a little cold <laughs> for a couple days. A science denier. Stupid. He is, and I think that should come with reverb. He is a science denier. Uh, You know, I'm not saying very well might be. I'm sure it is the polar vortex. I'm just curious as to why we're hearing about the polar vortex now. And we never heard about it before last year. Stu, it's climate change. The polar vortex never used to visit us. But now it does all the time. All the time. It just got cold before. But now it's the polar vortex. The polar vortex. I mean, listen, I, you can't argue with the. I'm not, a, I'm not as much a denier to, to, to deny the reverb. No, I can't. I, I'm not can't. that much of a denier. You can't. Uh, so we're getting January like cold, apparently, for 42 states. In Montana, the Dakotas uh, and uh, Wyoming, like 20 to 30 below zero. Jeez. That's really early for this kind of weather. I mean, it gets cold in Montana. I grew up there. So, it, you know, I mean, it was freezing cold in November sometimes, but freezing like 20. 10. It didn't usually get to below zero till you know, December, January. And so 30 below zero this time of year is, cold. is really cold. But, I mean, is it the polar... Is it the, the polar, polar vortex? Or is it just really cold? I, I, th- I, think, I think it's just really cold. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. And 42 states. Right. I, well, I was told like four. I mean, it's going to impact the entire country, right? Yeah. 40, I mean, well, 42 states. That's not the entire country because there are 50 states. I think there's, well, I mean, 48 of the continental United States. Is 42 of the 48. I think more than 42 that. states is I still not the entire that. continental I think 48. U.S. Hmm. I think 48 is going okay. to impact. But, this uh, is remnants of uh, Nuri, the typhoon. That's why it's part of the polar vortex. Okay. Uh, also, we found out this weekend that governance and campaigning are two different things. Is that true? No. But not to this president. <laughs> Certainly not. He claims they are, but I don't see any difference uh, where he's concerned. He continues to campaign his entire... He's been campaigning since, what, 07? 07. Well, really, 04. 04. Yeah, really. Really, 04. really it um, does go back that far. Yeah. And I will say that the one major difference that I do notice is he's good at campaigning. Which he admits to. Mm. He, actually, he actually... Well, let's listen to what he said, and then we'll... We'll discuss. We'll Campaigning mm-hmm. and governance are two different things. Mm. Interesting. I've ran two successful campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anybody who's seen me on the campaign trail can tell how much I love just being with the American people you and know, hearing what lying. they care about. Lying is what you love. Uh, what, uh, you know, how passionate I am about trying to help them. Oh, oh, oh gosh, yes. That's it. About helping when us. you start governing... There is a tendency sometimes for me to start thinking, as long as I get the policy right, then, then that's what should matter. I think there are times, there's no doubt about it, where right. uh, you know, I think we have not been successful Listen in going out there okay. and letting people know what it is that we're trying to do and why this is the right direction. So, so there is a failure of politics there that we've got, to, we've got to improve on. Saying it. He is still saying it. He is still saying it. Saying what, Pat? <laughs> I didn't notice anything objectionable. We're just not telling the American people enough. We're not selling it enough. We're just not telling them what we're doing and how great things are. We've built a better mousetrap. We just have to sell the mousetrap better because people aren't beating a path to our door. No, Mr. President, you have sold it over and over and over and over. The American people just don't like your new mousetrap. We don't like socialism. Mm. We don't like it we don't want it you can sell it as much as you want yeah but the vast majority of the american people are going to reject it and this is a tough thing because i think we go down that road a lot as well conservatives say that sort of thing all the time you know like well why are democrats so much better at getting their message across or we're so incompetent why can't we explain this better we need to we need to the problem is we haven't sold this right you know i I do think when you lose, you get into that mindset of, 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 of trying to say that you haven't sold it well enough. And that's what he, this guy does it every time, and I don't think we do it every time. But there is that. It's difficult to, to, to lose, uh, you know, and it's difficult to admit when you're losing. Part of me just thinks you know, the solution for that is not caring if you lose. Like, I don't feel like I need to make excuses for my stupid ideas that nobody agrees with because I don't care if you disagree with them. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care. Uh, you know, and, th- and that's something that seems to be lost on leaders of both sides today. You know, there used to be that that idea that you st- you step up there and you say, "Look, you know, I'm 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 a guy. I've got some ideas. You know, like him, screw you." Like that's gone. Now it's you know, it, I, there's a really interesting article in New Republic today. I realize I just said that out loud um, about Valerie Jarrett 
and how she really holds grudges. And l- listen to some of this. Valerie Jarrett is not a- above keeping a S list. Uh, the, uh, mm. You could use enemies list, but an, uh, you know, crap an S- list. a crap list. Mm-hmm. Or as hers was titled, a least constructive list. One progressive activist recalls, and by the way, this is what's happening now. As the Democrats have lost this um, election, the scramble goes on to explain it. And this is written from a perspective of Obama's not being nice enough to progressive activists. He's not listening to progressive activists. This is why he's losing. But um, one progressive activist recalls Jarrett holding the document, holding the document during a meeting and noticing her own name on it, along with the names of others in the room. It was kind of an honor, the activist told me. This was not out of character for Jarrett. The woman who once insisted Emmanuel's commandment against rewarding bad behavior has, uh, um, has often gone out of her way to suppress dissent among ideological allies and others who question the president. A White House official says the document was prepared by a staffer acting without orders, and that is not common practice. So, again, disregard their explanation of that, because, of course, that's bullcrap. But the White House is admitting this document exists. They're saying, yes, we have an enemies list. Um, uh, Then they go into a bunch of explanations or or, uh, examples of uh, different variations of these meetings where uh, they were in with the uh, LGBTV uh, audience uh, and, uh, you know, um, people for immigration reform demanding that they do things completely unconstitutional things. They decided, well, the last minute they decided not to do it and how they're infighting and and just going after each other. And you realize this is kind of how, you know, this is how they see things. There is that constant struggle of you know, if he was being honest, he would just do these things, right? He would just come out and do all the things that he... He wouldn't be the guy who didn't evolve on gay marriage until 2012, right? Yeah. He would just come out and say the things he he uh, actually believed, and then we could judge him on those things. You know, uh, Bernie Sanders is, is like that to some extent, and he's a guy who's talking about running for president. He's a senator from uh, Vermont who's said himself he is a socialist. Um, he, uh, we need more of that. We need somebody to just come out and say it and just and not treat us like idiots. We have another clip coming up uh, this hour about how they basically are now admitting that they totally lied about the health care thing, but they knew if they told you the truth, you wouldn't support it. So they had to lie. That's their justification for things. Yeah. And, and when, that, when that's the truth, you know, Glenn question today of like, well, you know, what do we deserve here? We deserve more. We really don't deserve any more. We don't deserve uh, a little bit more when this level of idiocy can fool half of a population you don't really deserve more you deserve less it's it's <clears throat> yeah it's it's indicative of the country sliding into the abyss especially in the last 10 years we've just we've become a nation who uh is not paying attention to what's going on we don't care about what's going on and and uh, that's not to say those of us who are fighting against it every day or listening or, you know, being active and trying to stop that slide. But half, like you mentioned, half of the nation voted for this. 63 million people voted for this, which is not half of the nation, but it's half of the voting population. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in fact, over half or otherwise, we'd have a Republican president right now. Uh, So it is it is that is what you deserve when so many of your people accept it. And are not paying enough attention to it, and this is what happens. Uh, so, you know, we get we get the lies, we get the continual equivocation, we get the back and forth on the troops. 
Like uh, this weekend, he said, "Never say never on troops." He already said, "You're not going to. We're not going to ramp up the troop uh, population in Iraq." And then now he says this. Should we expect that more troops may be needed before this is over? You know, as Commander-in-Chief, mm -hmm. uh, I'm never going to say never. Wait, but I thought you what did. You know, the commanders who presented the plan to me say mm -hmm. is that we may actually see fewer troops over time because mm -hmm. now we're seeing coalition members starting to partner with us on the training and assist effort. Are we? Are we? Are seeing, we? We're seeing a huge uh, coalition effort now on this. Everybody's coming around all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Now now is the time when Mexico's joining up and Canada's like, hey, let's send more people over there to help out in this effort. And Great Britain and France and Spain, Portugal, everybody's with us on this. You seen that? They're yeah. banging oh, at our doors. Oh, let my gosh. Help. There, please let us help you. Please. Can we send troops? Can we help? Can we support? Can we... Train? Mm -hmm. What can we do? How, how do I get ourselves into this war today? Money. Do you guys need money? Maybe because you footed the bill long enough. Mm -hmm. okay? yeah. We're going to help it's out in this us, effort. Yeah. It's time mm -hmm. for us to step up. <laughs> that is not happening. No, it is not. Um, it's interesting to hear him talk about that because uh, you have this situation where uh, you know the, the, the troops are there. They're, they're doing this thing. And in a way that Glenn would explain using the book Philip Drew, Administrator, which I won't bore you with all the details because he's done it endlessly so many times, but it's a book you know, Woodrow Wilson loved about just assigning people who are experts in their field to do the thing and don't worry about it. Don't even have to come to me. Don't care about the people. Just do what you do. That is in, in, increasingly how they, 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 do these, uh, they handle these situations. Mm -hmm. What they do essentially is separate themselves from responsibility. So they say, look, yeah, the ISIS thing is going terribly, but it was presented to me by people who are experts in that field. And, you know, look, we, that we just did it. I mean, what are we supposed to do? They're experts. We're not. So we just did what they said. Oh, Ebola? We're not experts. They told us what to do. We did it. And, yeah, people are dying of Ebola, but we did mm -hmm. what they said. It's not us. It's them. They're the experts. We're doing what they told us to do. It's what, it's what uh, Josh Ernest and uh, uh, Jay Carney before him and uh, uh, Robert uh, Gibbs before him all did. Well, I, w I would refer you to the experts on that at yeah. the CDC. Well, I would refer you to the State Department. Well, I would refer you to the Pentagon on that. That's what they do. Yeah. Yep. They just push it off to, to other people. And, and I think that sort of um, uh, approach <laughs> is to some degree... Um, Something that connects with the American people, like well, you will say, to, yeah. you like to say, okay, well, Ebola. I mean, look, I, I don't freaking handle Ebola every day, so I just went to some guy who said he knew about Ebola and did what they said. I, it didn't work out, but what am I supposed to do? And nobody says, but sadly, you guys are ultimately responsible for right. this. Yeah, um, yeah. So you are ultimately ultimately responsible, but mm -hmm. even beyond that, your job as a person who is implementing public policy is to take experts' opinions. And you take them into account, but you boil them down and make the decision. You are putting your perspective into that. It's not a, it's not a you know, rubber stamp of whatever an expert wants. I get, this drives me crazy with global warming. They do it all the time. It's like, well, a scientist said that in 500 years, the, earth, the water is going to rise really high, so we have to do X, Y, and Z because that's what they said. Well, let's just say, for example, their, their estimate is correct and, and they are the expert in that field. Don't even argue that. Your job is to take that information and translate it into a policy, not to just do what they say on policy. You have to come and say, OK, well, yes, they might say that, that you know, uh, you know, we're going to have some sea level rise. But I have to factor that in with the fact that we have people alive right now. 
and I have people who have jobs right now that are going to care if uh, they lose them. And that's potentially more important and more immediate than something we have to worry about 500 years down the road. And there's another person over here who's saying they're making amazing progress in this energy that would cure the thing anyway. And there's another person. It's like you have to take all of that and get it together and then make a freaking decision. And they act as if what their job is is to come in here and say, well, the buck stops with that person. The buck stops over there with that expert because that expert told me to do it. And what am I supposed to do? I'm powerless. I must do it. That's mm-hmm. the exact opposite of what your job is. Yep. Your job is to take those pieces of information and use them as part of the equation to make a decision. Yep. They don't do that. And they like to say that they're using experts because it absolves them. It yes. absolves them of all responsibility. They, they, they've never taken responsibility for anything they're responsible for. Although Obama pretended to. Over the weekend, uh, when he said that the buck stops here because of the midterm debacle, here's what he said. You feel it was your fault. Well, look. Uh, we'll look. Uh, uh, another saying Harry you know Truman was, the buck that. stops with, with me. The buck stops right here at my desk. And so he can't get that uh, right. whenever, no. as the head of the party, it doesn't do well, I've got to take responsibility for it. I've got to uh-huh. make this city work better for them. All the presidents in modern history who have been successful, I mean, uh, in various ways, Uh, LBJ, FDR, Ronald Reagan, Teddy Roosevelt, Bill Clinton, they all seem to have a zest for politics. They, They like the give and take. They like the twisting of arms. They like the cajoling. They liked all the things that presidents do. But I don't sense that you have the same feeling. Uh, How that do you they believe did. That? It makes me want. Uh, do you like politicians? Do you like politics? You know, do you like this job? Well, let me tell you, Bob, uh, I love this job. And here's, I think, a fair statement. Uh, if your name is Barack Hussein Obama, oh, you, you had to have liked politics in order to get into this office. You know, I, I, I wasn't born uh, into politics and uh, wasn't encouraged to go into politics. I got into politics because I believed I could make a difference and I mm-hmm. would not have been successful and would not be sitting at this desk every day. That if is I didn't a total politics. load of bullcrap is what all of that is. <laughs> a complete and total load of bullcrap. You think? I know. No, I, I know it is. I and, thought it was. And for Schieffer to say that he doesn't believe he likes the arm twisting and the politic, political scene and all of that. Where have you been, Bob? Is he just so senile he doesn't understand anything that's going on in Washington right now? Is that possible? It's very possible. I mean, he says it as if it's this, you know, uh, foregone conclusion that everybody understands you don't like mm. the political game. I mean, first of all, that's all he does is campaign all yeah, the time. I mean, he, he obviously does love it. There might be an aspect of he doesn't like the compromise, I think, that's a little bit different with this guy. Like, I think Clinton and, and you know, I think all presidents that they kind of mentioned there, to some degree, liked the idea. People praise the Reagan Tip O'Neill thing all the time, mm-hmm. and like, there's not a ton of charm in that to me. You me know what I mean? Like, I don't. I, me neither. Like to me, it's like, well, you know, it's this idea. Well, I'll just give you this policy, and you give me this policy. Well, if like this that. policy is bad for the country, yeah. I don't want you trading them. Right. Right. Like, I want you to stick by the things you think are 
positive for the country. Right. And, you know, I understand there's give and take, and it's not as easy in black and white all the time. But, you know, I think there's a big part of Barack Obama who doesn't like that. And, and it's, it's how he describes... Yeah, he's too working, much of an ideologue. Yeah, it's how he describes working with the other side. I, would, I work with the other side. If they just come to me and essentially give me the exact same proposal I'm proposing, I will yes. give them some credit for yeah. it. Yes. That's what he wants out of... Out they of, come to me with a real idea. Well, yeah, but the, the only real is, idea yeah. is yours. Right, and, and that's the thing. It's like, if they come to me with a real idea, but there are some things I will not consider, which are all the conservative ideas. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, okay, you're not going to get anything done like that. And look, to me, that's probably a positive with this guy. He's such an ideologue. The things he does hurt the country so much. I'd rather have him doing nothing. Me too. And I just hope somebody later on can come along and dismantle it. Yep. Um, I don't want him, I don't want the Republicans getting, um, you know, the, the medical device tax removed at the expense of 30 million new illegal immigrants. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't mm, appeal to me. No. You know? And so we're going to have to find out, you know. I, but, but, I mean, this is, I mean, isn't it just delusional to think he doesn't love politics? It is. He does. He it loves is. the arm twisting. He loves that. Yeah. What he doesn't maybe love. He loves love, getting his own way. Yeah, yes. what he doesn't maybe he doesn't love like is people is standing giving. in his way. There's a given give and take to that sort of politic yeah. that, you, that you, 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 has been described, where, you know, you give... You know, I give, uh, you know, I look, Jeffy, I'll let you have all your illegal heroin and such. And then you give me back a, a tax cut. Like there's there's some point where that comes. Together. I'm I'm 100 percent OK with that deal in <laughs> in that uh, Valerie that Jarrett article. Legitimate proposal. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm -hmm. In that Valerie Jarrett article, uh, one of my favorite lines is there's still a basic unknowability about him, a puzzling gap between his talents and the public's enthusiasm for his years in office. I mean, what's what he say, what she saying? She practically worships him. Yeah. Racism? She almost worships yeah. him. Is that, because that's what Chris Matthews does. He goes, look, this guy's perfect and people uh -huh. don't like him. Must be racism. Right. Kind of seems like what she's bringing up Same there. thing. Yeah. You same know, thing. hey, look, he's, he's done a great job and he loves this and he's done so many great things and people don't seem to like him. I don't know what it is. Yeah. How could, I mean, could it be skin color? Yeah. I, I don't want to go there. And Eric Holder did go there. He said, look, you know, I think there's an element of that. They all believe they all that's what it is. When yes. it's not at no all no what way. it is. These are the people that just elected Tim Scott, who is, I believe, at this point, considerably black still. He's no, he's, still. He's, has not, he, he's not black. When he, okay, when he got elected, he turned white? Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. As soon as he went pro-life, he was white. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. There is more patents due coming up, and we're going to play this uh, thing for you on the Obamacare architect that you you just you can't miss. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Uh, this is great because uh, every once in a while we get yet another. Um, indication that we everything we said about the Obamacare uh, situation was exactly right on. We get confirmation over and over and over again that what we told you in the beginning about Obamacare was exactly right. And we're going to get to that in a second. But first, we had this... Uh, this conversation that is coming out is it the is it the Wall Street Journal that's talking about this? Uh, multiple places today have stories about Obama. I mean, you know, it's certainly in the parlance of this show to call him a douche. 
being douchey to people uh, around him. Everyone knows he's a douche. To his activists, Everyone. to his supporters, mm -hmm. to political allies, to people in his administration. To even his vice president. Yeah. I mean, the, the um, two places, I think it was weekly, the AP, the Weekly Standard, and I guess the Wall Street Journal as well. So I, don't, I think the Weekly Standard was just reporting on the other reports. But uh, during Obama's lunch with congressional leaders Friday at the White House, the AP reports the meeting was tense at times, according to a House Republican aide. Senate Democratic leader Harry Reid, about to lose his grip on the upper chamber, barely, barely said a word. How great is that? I love that. that. I, stupid Harry Reid. That was my favorite line in the whole thing. Yeah, with a shut <laughs> mouth, sitting there like a kid who's yep. been punished. Yep. I love it. Um, the aide pointed out uh, uh, at one point House Speaker John Boehner was making an argument on immigration. Obama responded that his patience was running out. And Vice President Joe Biden interrupted to ask how long the Republicans needed. Obama angrily cut Biden off, the aide said. Now, look, there's not going to be, you know, this is, Biden has no chance of being president, but I really want him to run. And it, I don't like the fact that with Obama not giving him any support and kind of publicly um, sending his important people over to the Hillary camp, I, I feel like mm -hmm. Biden might see, that, see the writing on the wall and not run. Don't do it, Joe. <laughs> Please run. <laughs> Seriously, the country needs you, you or it. something. Whatever you convinces you. We need the comic relief. We, we honestly do. Badly. We don't need your policies at all. No. We need the comic relief. Yeah. Uh, Wall Street Journal reported on the same exchange. They say basically the same thing. And then this New Republic story that I was referring to mentions multiple... Sources? I guess multiple sources. That'll work. Uh, that, that say he's been pissed off at activists he's been pissed off at his own supporters he's mm -hmm. been pissed off uh at uh, the, uh people who opposed his policies mm -hmm. he's just pissed off at everybody all the time and you know to the point where he's you know lecturing groups of his supporters and saying why don't you do what i tell you to do you know immigration groups are like hey we want you to do x y and z why aren't you doing it you know you don't understand he actually there's one part in here where he says um listen here it is uh, uh, the, one of the immigration activists starts speaking her, her side. She explained that while she'd be critical of the administration, she'd also criticize Republicans and urge her community to elect a more amenable Congress. Quote, it took him what felt like 10 minutes, it was probably 30 seconds, to compose himself. What? Compose himself from what? You could just feel the tension, says an activist in the room. Whereupon Obama fell into an extended monologue. You've been around this town. You know the press will only report criticism of me. How delusional. Oh, How delusional. Oh, my the, They've called Jeez. you God. Yeah. They have literally said you're like a God. They have done everything for you. These people have worked their ass off to hide every one of your missteps. And you say, this is what he thinks? You've been mm. around this town? You know the press will only report criticism of me? You think this is a bad way of going through the presidency? You think you've had problems? This has been a dream. Any president with any ability to connect to the American people would have a 70% approval rating if they got the coverage Barack Obama has received. Oh, it's just he's so mm. out of touch with the American people. And so that press has brought him through an, an extended uh, uh, a second term, and it has brought him through holding at around 40 to 41 percent approval rating. That's a dream for the job he's done. Yeah. And it's hard to it's it's hard to believe he sits there in that giant White House and thinks he's the victim 
of this incredibly poor press treatment. It is delusional. He might as well be talking about, you know, seeing seeing aliens land on the front yard and seeing 9-11 towers coming down from George W. Bush and seeing that he was he might believe the Barack Obama birth certificate thing at this point. He's so delusional. (laughs) He might believe it. I, I, it's it's incredible. So he keeps bringing it up. Maybe yeah. he does. Maybe he does. Maybe Your he name does. is Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, uh, he's still going to that well. Still oh, over and he's got over. elected twice. And yeah, that's the thing. Your your name is Barack Hussein Obama. Your middle name is the same as a guy who was our arch enemy, and we had to unseat from office. And we hate so much. Uh, and and the, eventually turn him over to the Iraqi people to be killed. That's your middle name, and we still elected you. During just shortly after that was going on, we still elect a guy. Yeah. And he's black, which is another thing they continually bring up. And that didn't yeah. matter either. I remember someone saying uh, years ago that, uh, that some talk show host joking that there's no way someone, the American people are going to elect someone who has uh, Hussein as his middle name. The the main one of the main mm-hmm. enemies we just faced and one letter away from Osama as his other name. That we, the other right. enemy we right. just faced. Right. Like, there's no way that's coming together. Yet it came together. And this was a person who was wanting Obama to win, but was saying, hey, you know, that's never going to happen. We should get over this. Yeah, he won. Yeah. He won and he won. You know, I mean, there are those again. of us who wish it would have never happened. Well, it came yes. true because of racism. It, how, how is that? It did it? Because of racism. I'm missing your. I mean, how did that? Yeah, because uh, we felt so bad about being Our racism? the racist that we that are. We, that, that we, we bent over backwards to not be racist. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Theory. I don't believe that. Interesting. <laughs> I don't theory. believe that. Jeffy, but that's, that's fascinating. It is. Uh, you know, there's a. Perplexing. There's a. Uh, I should probably mention this because there is a new virus out that explains you uh, incredibly well. Hmm. Just because um, I was talking about. It is a virus. For the it is a virus just found that, and this is serious, that makes humans more stupid. Which totally explains your condition. So we're going to let the, all of that slide, what you just said, and everything else you've ever said. Because. And everything else you ever will say, because obviously you've got a condition. You've got a virus that has made you this way. I don't think it's fair to say he has a virus. It's fair to say he has all of the viruses. All of them. Um, a virus acting as if he has Probably a singular true. virus right. is ridiculous. That's a really I mean, good point. Seriously, so. all the viruses do not show up. We're all out of time now. There are flare-ups. I understand that. Um, can we come back and do this? We, I want to do the yeah. Obamacare pricing. That's yes. important. And okay. I want to do this. This another disturbing Rand Paul. You know, I like the guy, but oh, man, boy. it's tough. Another disturbing Rand Paul article. I don't understand what he's doing now. I can't. If this, if I don't know, we'll he's on a bad course time. right now. Yeah, I don't like you that. know. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Back is the phone number. Back with more in a second. That might make him more pleasing for president. But here's what's coming. That's the plan. A polar vortex is on the way. A what? I know. Polar vortex! And uh, welcome back to Patton Stew. Uh, another disturbing, I, I, I don't know how many more there can be, and we continue to lump him in with the, uh, with the Ted Cruz's and Mike Lee's of the world. Um, another disturbing story on Rand Paul here. Uh, you know, again, I, I don't know. You're going to burst that bubble. Burst our Rand Paul bubble. 
I don't want to burst the Rand Paul bubble. I want hope. I, I would like a I candidate who I believe is actually fighting for liberty. And I, you know, look, I think Rand Paul is on a lot, in a lot of ways. It's not, you know, not taking him down here, but like, I no. how he's many doing times, that to himself. How many times do I have to read things like this? Um, one thing's for sure: don't uh, re- expect a repeat of the 2013 <laughs> alliance between Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. An aide to Paul said that if Cruz launches another crusade against Obamacare next year, Paul will want little to do with it. Mm. What? What, like... Why? Why? And also, why why is he doing this? Why would we want this? Mm -hmm. The, 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 The best reading of what Rand Paul seems to be up to would be this. Rand Paul knows he has... Glenn Beck's, Glenn Beck, Pat Gray, Stubergear, Jeff Fisher locked up. They're going to come along eventually because eventually it's going to be down to me, Rand Paul, mm-hmm. and somebody like Jeb Bush. And they're all going to support me, yeah. Rand Paul, in that scenario. But I need to get enough establishment people because the talk radio crew is not enough. As we, you know, it's of course true. You can't just, it's just one fraction of the audience. I can't just have those people. So if I go and I do a lot of these things that don't seem very conservative y or very libertarian y, I will be okay because I will get enough moderates if I kiss butt on that side. And then eventually people like Glenn Beck are going to fall in line because they're going to have no other option. Because they're going to have Rand Paul versus Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Or fill in the, you know, Chris Christie, right. fill in. Right. And so they obviously are going to like me more. And Ted Cruz, while he might be this great, you know, he might have all the right, you know, ideas and speak out loudly for them, establishments hate him so much he won't even get to that point where there's only two left. The only way to get there, I can't do what my dad did, as many people have pointed out, and be the guy who constantly says no. I have to go to the establishment. I have to kiss the ring all the time. I have to constantly come out against things that you think I should be for. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it'll pay off because I'm going to be awesome when I'm in. In other words, I can't tell you what I'm going to do until I'm in office. The Nancy Pelosi approach of of, uh, of running for president. Man, I don't know. Like, that's the best reading, really. And I don't know that I can. I don't know that I want that. To be perfectly honest, like I'd rather, I'd rather be a person who has a guy like Ted Cruz, and Ted Cruz comes in yeah. and he says what he's going to do, and if the American people are dumb enough to pick Jeb Bush over him, then I'm going to have to live with it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know that I want a person who's going in there and essentially, I, I, don't, I mean, is this too harsh, lying to us about, about who he is? And again, this is the best reading. The other reading of it is he really is an establishment guy. Yeah. And he actually really likes Mitch McConnell. And he actually, I mean, you know, again, it goes into here. Um, unlike Cruz, Paul is well-liked in the Senate by Republicans and perhaps surprisingly, considering some of his views, Democrats. One aide working for the Senate Democratic leadership raved about how much Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid and Senate Majority Whip Dick Durbin like Paul personally. Uh, that's a bad sign. Like, that does not make me comfortable at all. And I get no. that there's supposed to be this, this camaraderie, and we go out to dinner afterwards, and we love each other, and everything in the end turns out great. I get that that's the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. We'll fight each other as much as we can on the ideas, and then we'll go out and have a beer. I get it. I don't believe that. You know, I don't, you, know, you wind up having that element of, um, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a soft spot for a person. It's like to ar- sit here and argue that you can get something done with Chuck Schumer on, uh, you know, immigration reform it indicates to me that you don't understand Chuck Schumer. It's a lot like, you know, the phenomenon where, um, like in a heated rivalry like Yankees Red Sox, mm-hmm. and you've got uh, the Yankees in the field, Red Sox batter comes to bat, hits a single, gets to first base. Ball comes back to the pitcher. 
he's you know scratching his giblets and and spitting and 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 going with the rosin bag and doing all that stuff. Meanwhile, the Red Sox hitter is uh, cajoling with the laughing and, it up with the first laughing baseman. it up with the first baseman, and you're like. Wait a minute, I thought you guys were heated, hated right. rivals. Why, how are you? First baseman should be kicking much, dirt on you. How much more important is that in the political arena when, when the ideas are contradictory to what's good for the country? In, your, in, in most of our points of view. Like, I don't think that Rand Paul and uh, Harry Reid and their ideology can coexist. So it's really hard for me to believe that they're having dinner together. Now you don't have to you don't have to spit in their face when you see them in the Senate on the Senate floor. You can be cordial, but you're not having dinner with them. You're not hanging out with them. You're not grab assing with them in this in the Senate uh, chambers. Yeah. Because you're too diametrically diametrically opposed to each other, just like the Red Sox Red Sox and the Yankees only to the one millionth power. When yeah. It's political. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know. Uh, it's not that you can't have liberal friends. It's not that you can't have dinner. I mean, Glenn sat down with you know liberals yeah. a million times and has many liberal friends. But the, the, the difference is, you know, here we are. They're in a situation where the person you're having dinner with is, in your opinion, in theory, ruining the country, outwardly trying to ruin the country. Now yeah. he might not think of it that way, obviously. Uh, but that is that is the result of those policies. Yeah. And like that's not to say that you can't be friendly. But to act as if you can work with them on legislation to get something done exactly. in the best. Like, it's not, I mean, there are some things where 95% of people agree, and certainly you can get things done there. But on something like immigration, where I'm going to, tra here's my horrible policy, uh, here's your horrible policy, and I'll exchange that for my great policy. That is not a way to do business. It's the way Chris Matthews wants business done. He said that in a clip the other day. You know, we, we, you just trade things. You trade, your, you trade ideas, and you give in on things. I don't, yeah. I don't want my country run that way. I'd rather have nothing done. I will give you another example of it. Orrin Hatch, Ted Kennedy, best friends. How is that possible? Everybody said, well, they're just, they like each other personally, and yeah, they go sailing together from time to time in Nantucket. But <laughs> they're nothing alike, policy. Well, then, eventually, after 30 years of that, they start writing policy together. They're writing bills together. They're co-sponsoring bills. How is it possible that Orrin Hatch and Ted Kennedy, supposedly diametrically opposed on the political spectrum, can be writing legislation together? Well, you can't. You can't have that if one of them is stick sticking to their values. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, you've yeah. got to compromise principles right. and values right. in order to make that happen. They write to. exactly what you just said, I would say, in this article. This is, again, from, uh, what is it? It's called, the t headline is, As Rand Paul and Ted Cruz, I-2016 Runs, An Uneasy Alliance Becomes a Rivalry. Yep. I think it was on Drudge uh, earlier today as well. Um, the Democratic aide compared Paul to an early-day John McCain. A comparison that's ironic, given Paul's that's clashes bad. with the Arizona senator. And that may also uh, perhaps be intended to undermine Paul's appeal to the Republican base. So maybe he's just saying that to make us feel bad. But listen to this. A lot of the senior politicians around here see Rand as someone they recall as like themselves when they got here. At first, very idealistic. Then you evolve and start to make friends on the other side. The Democratic and then what happens aide to you? said. You compromise your you principles. Compromise your principles. You start saying, well, look, I understand time. what they're saying, and I don't agree with it, but I want to get this done. So to get this done, I've right. got to do that, too. It's the I could be so here. much more effective if I get this committee appointment. This, if I can be committee chair, I could, I could get so much more done. And in order to do that, I have to compromise on this and that and this. Yep. Well, pretty soon, you're nowhere near where you started.
-hmm. And that's that's the problem in Washington. And isn't what we want really the Cruz approach? And and to to open this up, the Cruz approach, the Alan Grayson approach, the uh, Bernie Sanders approach, people who blurt out Mm -hmm. what they say. Now, Grayson's an obvious idiot, but Mm -hmm. I mean, at least we know where he stands. You know, at least he's not saying, well, uh, you know, he's not. Sta- I mean, look, Alan Grayson's probably a bad example of this because he lies all the time. But Bernie Sanders is probably a good one. And that like he sits, comes up here and he says, look, what we want is everybody covered. I want a single payer plan. I want a single freaking payer plan. Like, I'll take this mm-hmm. whole Obamacare thing, but I want a single payer plan because that's what's good for the country. I'd rather have that. Look at the way they actually did sell. Obamacare. This comes from uh, uh, Jonathan Gruber, one of the architects of Obamacare, and how this was sold to you. One of the most revealing clips you're going to see about how progressives in particular work. Watch. The, this bill was written in a tortured way to make sure CBO did not score the mandate as taxes. If CBO scored hmm. the mandate as taxes, the bill dies. Okay? So it was written to do that. In terms of, in terms of risk-rated subsidies, if you had a law which said healthy people are going to pay in it made explicit the healthy people pay and the sick people get money. It would not have passed. Okay? Just like the people, transparent, lack of transparency is a huge political advantage. And basically, you know, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. But basically, that was really, really critical to getting the thing to pass. And, you know, uh-huh. it's the second best argument. Look, I wish Mark was right. We could make it all transparent. But I'd rather have this law than not. So it's kind of like his reporter story. You know, yeah, there's things I wish I could change, but I'd rather have this law than not. That is unbelievable. And I, I just noticed this on the timestamp. That was from more than a year ago. Oh, Why really? We just now seeing oh, yeah. that. Look You're at right. That. Over a year ago. And is we're just now hearing about it. Is that right or is that just a, our misprint? That's amazing. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and, that's and right. only that's now amazing. it comes to light? I mean, that's, that is some telling audio and video. I mean, to go through it, you almost don't need to explain it, but... Uh, They wrote it intentionally in a torturous way, a way that would make it difficult for the average person to understand, a way that would make it so that the CBO would be forced, as we said at the time, forced to score it uh, in a way that did not indicate it was a tax, forced to score it in other ways as well to make it look like it was paying for itself when it Mm -hmm. wasn't, but to indicate specifically that it was not a tax. Then they went to the Supreme Court and argued that it was a tax, so that would be, it would remain, and John freaking Ed, uh, Edwards actually approved fell of that argument and fell for it. But what a pathetic showing by him. Really and what, Again, he's in the douche hall of fame for a reason. But I mean, For he, that very reason. Yeah. And then here he is explaining uh, the rest of it. You know, look, we have to, a lack of transparency is an incredible tool. If we make it look complicated, people won't understand it. We can do whatever we want. And when you have a media that, unlike what Barack Obama thinks it does, mm-hmm. actually helps you every step of the way to enforce your ridiculous take on these things and to hide the truth from the American people, man, is life easy. And, and why? Because they're so stupid. And even that, even then, Pat, they still couldn't get the thing passed r- r- uh, rationally. They had Not to go to reconciliation. Right. They still had to do that. Uh, and they had to pass it in a completely jammed down the throat, pole vault over the door way. I mean, it just shows how much people did. People did not want this. And they still don't want it. Uh, but it's been forced on them now. Yep. Triple eight seven two seven bet more patents to come. Like I said, that's why I want someone like Cruz, who is going to take up that fight again. Definitely, I, I don't want someone who's going to avoid the fight. And now they have, they have the power to do something about it. Yeah, do it, do it.
888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. It is uh, Pat and Stu. You know, it's 25 years since the the uh, Berlin Wall came down. Wow. This is really? the 25th anniversary now. That's amazing, isn't that it? That is. Where'd the time go? Uh, white balloons spanning a stretch of the former death strip floated over hundreds of thousands of revelers in the German capital of uh, Berlin. It was really good to see. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. 300,000 people gathered in Berlin to watch a light installation of uh, 8,000 helium balloons tracing a nine-mile stretch um, be released into the night sky. That must have been uh, that must have been really cool. And what's kind of interesting on wow. this is look at that, pretty cool. It is very cool. Yeah, I like that. I, I, it's, every once in a while, I stop and think about how wow. freaking bizarre is I it know. that they put a wall through the middle of the city and divided it into two countries because I, of a war and just like. A war, by the way, won by two allies who were just di dividing it. In it theory, it's amazing. When I, when you look at that, it's like, where did they come up with the? <laughs> when you think of the Berlin yeah, Wall, the, you the think, boundaries. okay, it was a, a couple of straight lines. Yeah, no. not so much. So weird. No. And that's amazing too that it didn't come down with a big government policy of saying, okay, it's time to take the wall down. You just remember, I remember seeing it on TV. All of a sudden, people were just freaking taking access yeah. to it. No one was stopping them. Right. Nobody would, and before they would have been shot. Yeah. They would have been shot dead. And uh, that did not happen this time. So, Isn't that weird? Great that, like, stuff. Again, like, it's so strange. There was an East and West Germany in our <laughs> lifetime. We should probably mention, too, how, uh, since there is no East and West Germany anymore, how the East part of that has prospered since, um, let me see, capitalism. Mm. Uh, and how it's transformed that area. Maybe we'll mention that. Really? Yeah. yeah. talking about the 25th anniversary of the fall of the, Ber uh, the Berlin Wall and what that's done transforming the Eastern Bloc nations. You know, like, uh, obviously, Germany became one nation. Germany has obviously prospered uh, quite significantly. But there's another 11 countries that we wanted to show you. Bulgaria, Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Romania, Russia, Slovakia, and Ukraine. And so here's some charts to show you the the uh, what's happened to the GDP of those nations uh, since 1989, and you can see that only in the only in Ukraine, and I, I would imagine that's uh, Soviet interference or Russian interference that has caused problems there. Yeah, there's been some issues there in the news as of late. Yeah, they're so they're down about what 30 35 percent maybe, or down 40 percent, not quite 40 percent. Everybody else across the board is up, and in some cases, way up, yep. including Poland, Slovakia, Estonia, really doing well. Czech Republic, and a really good ally, too. Yeah, and you look at, like, even when you look at those, um, if you look at those as the most conservative countries, you can almost put them in this order. Uh, you know, the ones that yeah. are more, uh, they're more friendly to capitalism. I mean, Czech Republic is, is friendly in a lot of ways. Estonia is a great success as well. Um, uh, Poland has been great. And I mean, Poland, we're talking about 120% of GDP growth in Phenomenal. 14 years. Uh, or, uh, yeah, or 24 years, excuse me. That, I mean, that's pretty, 
pretty impressive. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, next up is, uh, this is all from uh, Business Insider. So you've got um, a pretty interesting situation here with the, uh, the real GDP growth. Where has it grown? Well, it grew slow. At first, you know, you had a couple, a couple of rough years as you were making the transition. <laughs> but the second decade expected. of transition, which is the 2000s, very strong growth. And the growth has, to some degree, continued with the exception, of course, of the economic collapse, which, uh, you know, kind of hurt everybody. Uh, so that's, uh, again, more sign of success. Uh, next up, you have uh, GDP growth. This is interesting because you look at the decade, uh, 1990 to 2000, and then uh, what's happened since. And everybody, without fail, has improved. Um, you know, everybody has gone the right mm -hmm. direction. The reason Ukraine is down overall is because their first 10 years were the roughest of all, um, as you see in this chart where the, the biggest drop in uh, of the uh, purple uh, bars there is Ukraine. And, but a, a nice recovery. They've, they've done well since 2000. And that goes across the board. Um, really, uh, really, really impressive uh, situation here since the Berlin Wall fell. Um, and, and this is comparing it to the world from 2000 to 2008. Who's grown the most? It's just South, just Asia has grown a little bit faster than Europe. I mean, think of Europe. You think of Europe as more of a finished product than some of these other places. Mm -hmm. You know, Asia, Africa, um, Latin America, to some degree, have a lot of you know still growing up to do. Essentially, as far as economies go, um, you don't think of that with Europe. Yet, because of this change, Europe is growing <clears throat> as fast or faster than everyone outside of Asia, at least. Yeah, and emerging Europe. So and emerging Europe us, is much faster than us and Western Europe. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, it's just, I mean, this is proof positive that capitalism works. Yep. Uh, private sector share of the GDP. Uh, you know, there was a transitional period. You see with the purple sort of bars, the mm -hmm. very low percentage of the GDP was actually private institutions. But you see uh, Slovakia, which is one of the best performing, <laughs> uh, the Czech Republic as well, and Estonia, all, th all very high on this chart. Um, uh, Russia is actually pretty high, too, although the way they did it, was a little uh, a little strange. They tried the shock therapy uh, sort of form of economics, which not, not something that I would necessarily advocate uh, for for mm -hmm. uh, a country coming out of communism, especially mm -hmm. as deep into it as the Soviet Union was. But hey, George Soros knew the path on that one. Um, so, but again, success uh, to some degree later on, and uh, hopefully continuing. What else do we have here? Uh, oh, exports. So, what leaves the country? What are they exporting? I mean, increasing like crazy. Um, wow, uh, which is you know uh, that's huge. Yeah, and finally we have uh, let's see. Oh, that's the last one. Oh, that's, that okay. is the last one. Okay, so there you go. Again, all positive trends, and I, I, I guess you'd expect that as being someone who understands uh, capitalism as a positive force, but they certainly didn't understand that for a long time. I'm sorry, I, I didn't see North Korea on that list. Um, no, no. How fast were they growing? A I mean, zillion. their GDP is like, it, it couldn't even be shown on those graphs, well, right? Well, it tripled uh, because from of $1 communism. to $3. <laughs> it, oh, wow, yeah. did it really? Mm -hmm. Did it really? Yeah. Is that because of the uh, the Hotel of Doom? Yeah, they finished. They put the windows on the put outside. Put the windows on the outside. And it, it's still unoccupied. Nobody can be in it. No, but it looks better. But it looks better. It looks and so that shot their GDP. Well, think about it. They used to actually, <laughs> and this is true, they used to actually Photoshop it out of postcards. <laughs> When they would show the city, <laughs> they would Photoshop it out of the postcards. Now they can leave it in. It looks pretty cool. I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have seen some, uh, some footage of North Korea. Not only is their economy strong, but so is their military. You don't want to mess with them. And no. we found that out in the Korean War. Uh, here's, here's some footage showing uh, some North Korean soldiers going through training. Uh, and, wow, he's getting... Uh, they're breaking bricks. He got a... Uh, Sledgehammer to his stomach. Look at that. 
Oh, somebody took an axe to his hand. Bodyguard revealing the two faces of Kim Jong-il. serves nothing but the spirit. It's being used to develop loyalty. They're trying to make them think that by training like this, they can beat the U.S. military. Jeez. They can. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Look, I mean, it's it's coming. Kind of Veterans Day is tomorrow, I think. Right. Um, I mean, look, you can't fake any of that you stuff. Can't, by the way, no, it's not a, just it. a, it's just not a dance or essentially an action film. No, no, it's not. Did you see him take an axe to his hand? They're so yeah. strong that an axe didn't penetrate the hand. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a military training. That's I mean, military training. Brought back a lot of a lot of memories for me. I don't like to talk about it really, but <laughs> brought back some. <laughs> Somehow you managed training, to talk about it training, like every show. Training for, uh, for training for the er, for the, the battle, the war. <laughs> In <laughs> where? Where was this? Urgent Fury. Urgent Fury. The Island of Spice. Right. The, exactly. yeah. You know what? Never mind. I, don't, I, can't, I can't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. You don't Stop like to talk about it. Bringing it up. <laughs> if you don't want to talk about it. Stop bringing it up, especially when you won't add any details. Yeah, well, there's two. It was horrific taking them, storming the beaches, saving that country. Is, you say the same three things in rotation. You don't like to talk about it. You hated you storming fun the beaches. Of the battle? No. Is that what you're doing? You're making fun of the battle? Island of Spice. I don't want to talk about it. It's you're the making, same. You're making fun of the battle. That's not. That's Nobody's making fun of the battle. The, the battle is the battle. You know, it is what it is. As a favorite program director used to good. Dude, it, it just is what it is. Dude. And those those words I've never forgotten, obviously. <laughs> Seemingly true. Uh, here is uh, North Korea. They are, look, they want to show off their exploits to the world. It's a great country. And who can blame them? Because they have incredible exploits. And uh, I think we're going to see some of them, right? Oh, that was some Korean on the screen. So they have uh, vast wastelands of seemingly clouds and mountains. Uh-huh. This is a music video from the Korean Central Television of the DPRK. It's made to show off Korea to the world. I'm so far not that impressed. They do have some pretty red flags, though, that they they like to wave. And I mean, the singer they got for this top notch is yes, yeah, second to none. Mm. No, to all, to all. To all. Oh, that's what I meant. Second, second to all. To all. They're burning wood. <laughs> they can do that? Yeah. yeah. They're really the good technology at to do a bonfire? Wow. And then there's a tunnel. Look at that. They have a tunnel. They have a tunnel and a flag again. And there's a flag with some writing on it in gibberish. Some, some horrible wasteland, snowy environments where the people are... Prison camp. ...working. It looks like a prison camp. I bet it is. Really? Is this to show off? Yeah, this is actually like the another big one. Is, is that Kim Jong-il? How do they have a YouTube page? How does the, how does the, how does the Korean government have, uh, North Korean government have a YouTube page yeah. when they don't believe in anything capitalist at all? Or aren't they admitting they need capitalism? And here's some soldiers with uh, leaves on them. That's camouflage. Uh, yeah, you can't see them. You can't well, I wish we would have had that when we stormed the island. I'll yeah, I bet. And you brought it up again, Jeffy, by the way. Uh, I, well, I'm just saying, this is bringing back all of my memories. There's some guys like signing up, apparently, signing up for the military. Can you list any of the memories from this invasion? Oh, we stormed the island. Right, that's all what you ever say. What are you talking about? <laughs> we stormed the island. Talk about it. You don't want to talk about I it? Don't. All right. Don't make fun of urgent. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm 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 not. I'
Uh, there's another shot of a flag blowing in the wind. They, they have that down pretty well. Yes, they, yeah. <laughs> they can do that. Thankfully, there is and, some actual good news from uh, North Korea, which is uh, U.S. intelligence officials say two American citizens are on their way home from North Carolina, uh, North Carolina or North same Korea. Same thing. Uh, after the release from prison there, uh, James Both Clapper, uh, Jay, unfortunately it comes from James Clapper, so it's probably a lie. Uh, but yeah. he says, uh, and we've been talking about these guys for a long, uh, a long time, trying to get these guys back into the country. You have people like, uh, that was the one that Dennis Rodman was over there talking about. Mm -hmm. I think he got into mm -hmm. some trouble for commenting about how, uh, well, what did he do? We don't know. Um, Bay and Miller are the last Americans held by North Korea. Following the release last month of Jerry Fowl, uh, Miller, who's from California, was serving a six-year jail term of charges of espionage. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Bay, who is from Washington State, is a Korean-American missionary with health problems. He was serving a 15-year sentence for alleged anti-government activities. He had a kind of an interesting way to describe his captivity. Uh, freed, after two years of captivity in North Korea, he called his time as a prisoner amazing. Hmm. It's kind of weird. Uh, he said, I learned a lot. Adding that he was, he was thankful he wasn't forgotten. Uh, he was declined... Detained, I mean, in 2012 while leading a tour group to a North Korea economic zone. And uh, so it was an amazing time for him That's in which he learned a lot. Positive perspective. Was he the one that said the only thing he didn't want to eat when he got back to the States was uh, Korean food? Because that's all he had to eat. Well, yeah, you were in Korea. I, I <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine in, in Korea they probably serve a lot of, of Korean? Korean food. I thought that was kind of amazing that they actually had food. I, didn't, uh, most I people... thought it was going to be rice because it said the thing that he didn't want on his first meal back. And I thought, okay, it's going to be rice. No, it was Korean food. And when, obviously when people return home, that's the first thing you think of is getting them Korean food. Yeah. Because I mean, you've only had two years of it, so you probably want more, <laughs> right? I mean, if I'm captured in America and they're feeding me American food and I'm from Korea, I probably don't want American food right. when I return home, right? So I thought that was somewhat logical. Perhaps I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're glad, obviously, to have them back. And, uh, Definitely. You know, it's a, it, people really did fight hard for that, and uh, it's, it's nice to see. We got Tamarisi back, too, from Mexico. Yeah. I mean... We've got a little bit of a good run as far as prisoners returning. It's kind of yeah. nice. Every once in a while, you get a couple pieces of good news. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. More patents do coming up. So what did you do? I, could, you know, I was just thinking I couldn't have any spices on anything. For, Is that right? Well, I, I thought you didn't want to talk about it. I don't, like, and I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Very short invasion. I don't know why you did it took like it was horrific eight hours to remember. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Welcome, welcome. It's uh, awesome to have you here. Uh, this season, of course, the National Football League is attempting the impossible. They're trying to, uh, uh, they're trying a reasoned mission to eliminate the N-word, right? That's, that's been one of the things that they're trying to do because last year they had, uh, was it Riley Cooper mm -hmm. uh, from the Eagles that had the issue with 
using the word over and over again, and then that was a big deal. A couple times, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the goal is to ban the N-word uh, within the chalked, lined borders of the football field. So I guess, do you get a penalty called? You I mean the not... time none of us can hear it other yeah. than that? But I've never heard it. I've never seen it called. No. Have you? They did call it a... A couple of they've called the the general penalty, which has nothing to do with the N word. A couple of times they say like abusive language or something is the way they talk about it. Oh, you so have seen not, that? Yeah, they did call it. They called it, and they, I think they find. Well, that's somebody. probably the word, right? Well, that's what the like they say they made that rule. They made it general, I think, on purpose, so you couldn't necessarily define what was said. Uh, then someone, I think it was on San Francisco, maybe uh, got fined, uh, got uh, got penalized, and then I think fined for it, and he denied he said it at all. Um, so, I mean, it's, you can't regulate speech on the field. I, I wouldn't think so, but they're trying to. They're trying to eliminate the word when, in fact, the word is used more often than it's ever been used. It's, it's used half a million times on Twitter every day. 500,000 times a day on Twitter. That's and, and you might think, well, Twitter, just so much stuff is happening. It's t about twice as much as dude or bro. Which they say now is just, it's just, you could just put it in there, slot it in there as one of those words. It means, you know, my friend, that guy, whatever. So uh, it doesn't matter. It, uh, bro is used 300,000 times. Dude is used 200,000 times a day on Twitter. So combined, those two words are used the same amount as the N-word. That's pretty astonishing. And it's not N-word used in the sense of uh, necessarily of racism right. as far as no. like I, you know, you're, I'm a KKK member or something and I'm making some crazy statement about how bad black people are. No. It's just like people well, saying, hey, my friend, yes. my, sir, I, I see you over there, my gentleman. If and, you've ever watched the movie um, Rush Hour and the character, Michael, uh, what was that guy's name? Mike, Michael... It's Chris Tucker, right? No, it's not and Chris Tucker, is it? It's Mike Tucker. Michael Tucker, I think. Or is it Chris, Chris Tucker? Tucker? No, you're right. Yeah. It's Chris Tucker. He goes into the bar, and he uses that, hey, my, uh, over and over and over. And then the, the Asian guy comes in, and he uses it, and then it's a problem. Yeah. You remember that scene? So that, but that's how it's used in the culture. And it's kind of weird, because uh, Tehran Von Ghazri, who is a 34-year-old native, of African-American and Iranian-American heritage says, it's such a part of my regular vernacular, it's a word I use every day, I'm an addict, I'm an N-word addict. And he actually uses the word. So that's the problem when you're trying to eliminate a word from the American lexicon that's used half a million times a day just on Twitter, you're up against an almost impossible task. Yeah. Uh, the two perspectives of people I don't think either, either one of us would wind up agreeing with on a lot, but I thought were interesting that they feature, this is a Washington Post article we're talking about, um, white people aren't driving around saying it, I promise you. At least all the white people that I know, and I only know like a thousand white people. It just became, it's severely impolite and really hateful, but a lot of black people um, that, uh, that I've told that to don't believe me. This is Neil Brennan, he's the creator, a co-creator of Chappelle Show saying basically like, look, you know, this isn't being used in this negative way by white people in general. Mm -hmm. Then um, Dante Stallworth, who uh, retired, uh, retired NFL player, says, let evolution happen. Let pop culture take that word away to the ocean. Let anyone use it. Pop culture has, used it into, has turned it into a euphemism, and now it just means, at the very least, this guy. To me, uh, the word 
the N word, which again, as I'm advocating so it, it's, I can't. I don't think I can say it. Uh, yeah. To me, the word is not a word we, as African Americans, should feel so attached to. In other words, I, and I always word. feel like the last step of this is taking away its power. When you well, continue to assign this... We've done the opposite, though. Because right. we can't even say it in a story about it. Right. We have to continually say the N-word. Right. Otherwise, we're right. going to get hammered to death and maybe even off the air. Right. If you actually use the word in describing the word. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, like, I have no use for the word myself. Like, I don't go, want to walk around and saying it. I don't want to say it. However, in a story about it, I should be able to tell you what the word is. Yeah. There is probably someone in the audience who's saying, what the hell are they talking about right now? Mm. I no, I, what the hell are these? What is this? And if you didn't know what the N word was, you dropped down as an as you know from an alien planet and started listening to this conversation. It would make no sense because we have not explained what the N word is. <laughs> but it it is, and it's the N word, and you shouldn't say words that start with N. Amazing what happens when you start trying to ban words. No, it's, you're right, Jeffy. Jeffy's been so big on the amazing. word police for a long time. I hate the word police. And, and this is, it, it is absurd. Look, you know, the sentiment behind using the word negatively is what we want to get vanquished right. from our world. Yeah. The word itself, if you put that much power and emphasis on it, and every time somebody says it, you, you have to fire them. And it, it winds up being this ridiculous thing where you're giving it more power. You're actually empowering the word if you treat it like this. And I think Dante Stallworth is right on that. I mean, I think his point is, is accurate. I, I, yes. Uh, and the, the NFL, I think, is going the wrong direction with this thing. And in society in general, by banning it for white people and allowing it for black people. I will say, I don't think they're allowing it for black people. I think their, their point is that no one can say it no matter what. Right, the NFL. Yeah. But society in general is okay with it, yes. seemingly. I yeah, mean, apparently, are. when it's used half a million times on Twitter, somebody's okay with it. Yes. Right? But they're not okay with it. And in this story, uh, the guy from Iran, who's, who's part black, part Iranian, uh, was saying that he's uncomfortable with a white guy using it, but he hopes in 50 years when his kids hear it from a white guy, they won't be. Well, I mean, it's being used all the time now by by so many people. Why Why is it any different? If you're trying to take away power of the word, then wouldn't you want, wouldn't you want it used all the time? Yeah. Wouldn't you want, wouldn't you want not, uh, white people not to have to say, uh, the N-word, every time they describe it? Uh, we're talking about the N word here, but we can't say it because it's a word that begins with N. So we're not going to be able to say it, but we're going to talk right. about it for a few minutes. And so the so people that do say it that, that are power. white makes it even worse. It's yeah. agonizing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's agonizing. It makes it impossible to really get anywhere with this thing. Yeah, and it's, not, and, and it's, it's one of those weird issues because contrary to popular belief in the media, there's no conservative demand to use this word. Not at all. No one wants to use it. No one likes it. Um, but the idea that you can't say it m gives it this power where CNN runs specials about it. And it's like, well, you know, no, seriously, no one that I've ever known has, has been blurting this word out like in, no. some, in any no. other way of mockery. But 10 or, years ago. Um, or, or, you know, I've certainly known some African-Americans who've thrown it around uh, uh, as, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in a cordial yeah. sort of way. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's not, it's just... There's no demand. There's, there's, there's there the, the parent, like you're trying to restrict the supply on something there's no demand for. No, right. And ten, but ten years ago, you could have said, 
what we're talking about. Yeah, there were. I mean, I remember listening to talk radio and hearing. And you would say the word yeah. when describing a story like this. Yeah, you'd say, look, it, you know, there, and there was a controversy about it. Why yeah. can black people say the word blank and why can white people right. not say the word blank? I mean, I don't want to. You can't even do that. But you now. can't even say that. Look at this. I mean, this is an absurd segment. Absurd. This is an absurd segment. We're sitting here it is. acting as if you're two, you know, second graders, and it's like, I. You know, we have to do it. I mean, if we want the jobs and we want this stupid show to continue, which mm -hmm. actually, in second thought, maybe we should start using it. Because um, <laughs> then the show will be over in moments. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, this, this show is completely ridiculous on a normal day. It, we've actually crossed a, a, an even more amazing line. But you can't even say the words we're discussing. You can't have a discussion. Like, stupid. I, for some reason in writing, you can. So the Washington Post can continue to write this word hundreds of times in this article. Mm -hmm. But we, as hosts, can't come on here and tell you what the article says because that's so incredibly awful. It's amazing how the NFL wants to be part of this, too, because, yeah. you know, I, uh, the football players are actually the beginning of, I mean, I've watched my son play college and NFL, and in their interactions with each other are like that. Yeah, well, Friends, that Richie and Incognito. That word is used quite a bit. We did the Incognito. Yeah. That's, that's, because, that's right. because they're friends. Yeah. And so the like power of the word is not there. Right. right. That's right. It's, it's just unbelievable. Well, yeah. And like Stu mentioned, the Richie Incognito <laughs> thing. Is he playing yet? No. I think he's still not. I don't think he is. I, I know. heard somebody was interested in him this year. And, and I thought, yeah. finally, geez. But I'm not and Jonathan sure. Martin's playing. And Martin is playing. Right. And playing it's well. so pathetic. Right? It's yeah. an awful. And the two of them shared this relationship. And it was obvious that it was a relationship. And a good one. Because they messed with each other back and forth, and that was proven by Richie Incognito's uh, text. And he released like 1,200 of them or something, right? Mm -hmm. 1,600? I, f I forget what the number was, but it was full of that stuff. He would call him that. They would call each other gay. They would, they would mess with each other on a regular basis, and it didn't mean anything. Right. But we're supposed to, yeah, I mean, but yet what happened? He's the one, you know, Richie Incognito, because he was the one accused. Even yeah. though he did nothing wrong, he did the same thing that Martin did. He's the one wind up being, you know, yeah, he's the one he's not the playing. Yeah, there was the somebody who talked, I mean, and he had other problems before and, and such. But, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't understand why he doesn't get another shot. The guy was a Pro Bowl player. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I had heard at one point the Eagles were talking were, were talking about it, but then they said. Uh, they said no. Yeah, they, they one of the sources said really? that they were not. So he's just done. His career is over. Looks like it. I mean, it's been. Has it been a year now? It's been a year at least, at right? Least, yeah. This is the. This would be the first year he would go without playing. Yeah. So, so this he would lost be the part of last season. Year. He would lose an entire year this year. Wow. There's so, no reason for it. No. There's no reason for it. No, Obviously, so we, I mean, we went through those texts at the time. And, but this is the point. It's like there's these weird yeah. sensitivities that we develop, and instead of having an honest. You know, look at the grand scope. Look at the grand picture of what this guy, what the, this relationship is. Instead, we focus on the three or four offensive things that happened in the relationship. Um, you know, and it's the same thing here. It's like, you know, it, there was just a host just the other day. Um, and maybe it was a month ago, probably by now, but that I was reading about another local host that tried to do this by saying the word and is fired. Gone. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just, that, just happened again. Yeah, really? Was, yes, it, it did that, happen not too long ago. I don't yeah. know who it was. I don't know if he handled it poorly or not, but I know that... It was one of those things where he was saying, like, you know what? Uh, it's so ridiculous. We can't, the exact conversation we're having right now. Right. It's so Only ridiculous we can't word, say this word. Yeah. I don't want to say the word in normal context, but when I'm reading an article, I, want to, I should be able to quote the article, article accurately. And he, and he decided to say it. Uh, he was told, hey, you know, you can't be saying that. And he said, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm going to say the word. I'm not saying it in a negative con uh, context. I'm trying to cover an issue, and he got, and he got fired.
Oh. Now, I, again, I don't know that whole story, but that has that story has happened dozens of times yeah. uh, over the past decade or so. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it, you, you want to be all Mr. Tough Guy in your show, and then all of a sudden right. there's no show. Yeah. You know, that's I, not good. I, I don't know. It's, it's it's a bizarre thing, and I, you know, I don't know why we. You know, most people that I would speak to, if, if you're an African American, you use this word. Like most people you'd speak to, you'd think they would be like, I don't care. You know, I do mm-hmm. care if people are racist, and I do care if they're awful people. But in reality, if if you know one of my friends uses it in a joking fashion, yeah, I'm not going to get mad about it. It is. That, it's it is. all context, a hundred percent context, one hundred percent about the context you use it. Yeah. Yet we are we just can't be adults and realize that. No, nope. no, exactly right. And yet, then you have stories like this in the Minneapolis school district. Um, you now need permission to suspend any black or Hispanic student, but not the whites. What? Uh, Minneapolis public school system announced a new, a major new district-wide policy for disciplining students. Any suspension of a non-white student requires the district superintendent's approval. Uh, they've been stung by reports that students of color are ten times more likely to receive a, a suspension than white students. Well, I mean, that's partly because seventy percent of the school district are non-white. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah, that could be uh, kind of. You know, of do you it. think it's yeah. a seventy thirty split there that's maybe contributing to that? I don't know. So now you need you need permission to suspend a non-white, but not for the. I mean, the whole thing is up, is crazy. We've gone so ridiculous. We've bent over backwards so much that we've snapped in half, and we're just doing we're doing the opposite of the right thing now. And as this case, as is the case with almost all of these stories. There is, of course, some element. There are some people who can't get over racial bias. There are some people who still hold on to it. People like Chris Matthews, as we've talked about, who are constantly focused on racial bias all the time. But in reality, the vast majority of people, you know, they they might everyone has some sort of prejudice, something that they think they know about that they're wrong on or whatever. But the vast majority of people, A, never act on it Mm -hmm. and B, don't really have it. I mean, like, they might, even some people who might, you might identify as racist because they have a policy or they have some crazy opinion out there, most of them are just, you know, they've walked down the wrong road, but they're, they're not, like, ac- actively trying to keep another group down. They're not actively trying to keep, you know, another person from having a job that they think they should have. Like, that stuff just, you know, it does happen, but to, to talk about it as if it's, a, if it's an issue, as if it's an issue uh, on the level of our healthcare system falling apart. Or, uh, you know, um, these other major things that we talk about, the incredible debt that we have. It's just not anymore. There was a time in which that was true. It is not currently true. Yeah. 888-727-BECK. There's more patents, too, uh, coming up. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Triple eight seven two seven back. It is the patents to extravaganza. Yeah, that we do and uh, do so well. Now, uh, look, we're not alone in current times of having weird things like we have to say the N word. Um, there's a, there have been times in which there were some strange things that happened. Um, uh-uh. Yeah. Um, in no. fact, back in the day, there were some advertisements that probably would not be printed today. Uh, the website Nidorama came up with these, uh, and uh, I don't know. You, you tell me. Do you think these would be printed uh, today? Here's uh, number one. Uh, 
Four out of five men want Oxfords in these new Van Heusen styles. And, of course, the one is a... <laughs> <laughs> African-American. <laughs> or an Aborigine type. I guess not. With a, a bone through his unlikely nose American. and hair. <laughs> yeah. Again, like a very stereotypical person who's living in the jungle that's never encountered uh, civilization, I would he's say. He's probably not wearing Van That juju. Men he's, go no farther. Yeah, he's, uh, not, he's not wearing Van Heusen. And again, if these the previous segment's uh, concerns were made in an era where this was happening all the time, you'd Holy kind of God. understand it. And it would be, I don't know, accurate. But this Yeah, we is, don't do this anymore. We don't do this anymore. So. Uh, let's see the next one. Uh, we've got, uh, <laughs> for a better uh, start in life, start Cute. cola earlier. That's a good How idea. How soon is too soon? Not soon enough. Uh, I have no problem with this. Ad. No kidding. Uh, I actually you're dumping soda down a baby's gullet. Yeah, yeah that's not good. Give him, give him soda. Good. Give no. him soda. It's good. And this no. is the soda pop board of America. So this is not like a. You'd see this today in like in a joking way, uh, but like this is an actual ad of like this is a good thing. It's amazing. It promotes uh, active lifestyle. Yeah, it does. It, it puts you on sugar and you're really wired. Mm -hmm. It boosts personality. <laughs> it boosts. Yeah. Okay, can make that claim. Personality. Apparently. And it, uh, I can't read that other one. Okay. Mm. Body. Makes you healthier. I can't, I can't quite Feels read. good. It's great, though. Tastes um, great. Here it is. Here's the actual text. How soon is too soon? Not soon enough. Laboratory tests over, uh, over the last few years have proven that babies mm -hmm. who start drinking soda that early, uh, formative period, have a much higher chance of gaining acceptance and fitting in during those awkward preteen and teen years. So yep. do yourself a favor. Do yourself, do your child a favor. Start them on a strict regimen of soda and other sugary <laughs> carbonated beverages right now for a lifetime oh of guaranteed happiness. Oh, that's amazing. Think about it. That's awesome. I wonder, God, I gotta what, get that poster. What year is that? That's amazing. That's awesome. I love that poster. I've gotta have that in my freaking head. That might be one of the most incredible ads we've ever can seen we, since we've done these. Can we get, we gotta go on eBay for one of these. I've gotta have one. I've gotta have one. Yes. This needs to be in it's my great. office. I love that. I want, you know, because Glenn, it, you know, is constantly, oh, I've got George Washington's letters, whatever. <laughs> I want this cola poster. <laughs> I really do. It is great. Uh, Alright, next one. Most men ask Ask, is she pretty, not is she clever? And uh, apparently goes on to talk about, I mean, look, do people really care if women are clever? No, they just want them to be pretty and, and look nice. Yeah. And, and this is still Paul Jeffy still has this in, uh, hanging in yeah. his office right Amen. now. Actually, Amen. If he had an no, office. No, but. Mm -hmm. uh, next up <laughs> is uh, this one. So the harder a wife works, the cuter she looks? Yes. Gosh, yes. honey, you seem to thrive on cooking, cleaning, dusting. And I'm all tuckered oh, out by I closing do, time. Dear. What's the answer? Vitamins, darling. Speed. I always get my vitamins. <laughs> and also speed. And speed. Vitamin <laughs> for pep. Pep for vitamins. This is from Kellogg's, actually. Kellogg's okay. pep cereal. Or I something. sell my own version of pep now. Yeah, yeah it's it's not, not, girl at not a time. Vitamins. So, so we're not yeah. actually at a time, but we. Don't talk anymore, please. <laughs> it's uh, the next one. It's about another Indian uh, one, it appears. Uh, Muchi we ines. Pale face. My skin is dark, but my heart is white. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Or I also give to the Canadian Patriotic Fund. Oh, my God. So I oh, get, my. Wow. There you go. Oh, my. So I don't know if we need to comment on that one in particular. No. Uh, most, most uh, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Do you know that, Pat? I didn't know that, Let's Stu. Th there's a doctor right there smoking <laughs> camels. And that's uh, because they're healthier than the other brands? They're healthier 
Uh, and, the, and they're, of course, all healthy, but this is the healthiest of all the healthy choices. Mm -hmm. The doctor's choice is America's choice. But wait, Pat, we were told that there was a scientific consensus that only the brave doctors and scientists could come right. in to overturn. Right. Which is weird because it seemed like at the time, they, many of them at least, supported the use of cigarettes. And actually said it was healthy for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what, what part of the smoke in your lungs and the nicotine and the tar and the hundred different kinds of poisons in the cigarette made it healthy, but uh, well, killed some, toxins. That may be in today's cigarette, but mm. those camels didn't have all that. They didn't, huh? They didn't, huh? A different really? blend. Oh, different okay, blend. different blend. Pat. Okay, different all right. Blend. I'm all right. We'll go with that, Jeffy. Uh, and lastly, <laughs> uh, I think this is the last one. Uh, shush. Mom is on the warpath. Why ruin the why ruin the evening, mother? <clears throat> Housework on hot days is bound to leave you tired and cross. Oh, no. To make evenings with your family the best part of the day, try this pleasant treatment for the nerves. After every new, uh, after uh, every afternoon, excuse me, get into the tub with a cake of new ivory soap. So, in other words, you're a psychopath, uh, woman. Uh, we'll take a take bath, a bath uh, and and you'll and you'll be better. I think we have one more oh, here, nice. and uh, it is this, right there. Wow. So we've got. Uh, wow. Well, that's nice, actually. She's the the shield. The sun uh, is being cow. shielded by the gigantic breasts of the woman, um, and you. However, wanna... it is a woman who's uh, shielding her beer under the. That one looks newer than the other ones too. That's got to be the at least the eighties, right? Well, Maybe. you wouldn't want a warm beer, would you? <laughs> and there, it's not warm because the breasts are shielding from the sun and they're gigantic. <laughs> Therefore, that is awesome. That's awesome. Now that that, that looks that like not awesome? judging by the Come mini on. skirt there, Pat, would you say that's, that's an stupid. '80s ad? I mean, that looks like uh, '70s, 70s, maybe. Do yeah. you think yeah, that's I'd, still '70s? I'd say mid to late '70s, probably. So that that one looks a lot newer. The other ones were like '50s. I mean, it seemed like yeah. The, uh, that one is pretty bad. I mean, I don't think they would have. Even when the what was it the '80s or '90s when they were doing all the TNA on MTV and all that, and it was you know so prevalent. I, I don't think they would have done that then. Do you? I mean, uh, you think so? So the, the negative that time that, ended quickly. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it seems to me that one, because it's not, uh, unlike the other ones, which were overtly racist or sexist, that's just a big boob joke, right? Like, that's just. Yeah, it's just, it's just objectifying it, women. To yeah, a, yeah, certainly. I mean, literally degree. as an object in yes. which they shield your beer yes. from being warm. And your breastage is, your snoobage is so big snoobage. that it can provide shade for items like beer. So. And I think some women would find offense in that. Oh, I think I don't know I why. think all would. Um, <laughs> Jeffy, by the way, why. your your snoobage is also bountiful enough to shield beer from heat. And uh, we want to thank you for Appreciate providing it. that service. Yeah, thank you. Triple eight seven two seven. Extra cash at the beach. Did so. you did you use your your snoobage on the island of spice to shield you? No, from? I, oh no. Oh, no, no. Pat, why would oh, you? Oh no. Why? Why? We're we'll, back in a second. You know I don't we'll like to we'll talk about it. You bring it back up on the beach. I should not have brought it up. Now all I'm talking about is the island. I know. It's horrific. Seriously wrong. Triple eight seven two seven. Pat and Stu, and then uh, 
Jeffy, who we wow. understand now what happened to him. We do? Yeah. You got that virus that makes you stupid. And so... It's a real virus, isn't it? It's a real virus. I had that story in here. It really today. makes humans more stupid. Do we, we actually get to that today? Uh, we didn't talk about it much. I think we just briefly mentioned it. Uh, but it's a... Uh, it's sensitive. Yeah, uh, Jeffy, does, like the Island of Spice, Jeffy doesn't like to talk about this. Well, um, it's a because, medical condition. Yeah. It's an algae virus never before observed in healthy people found to affect cognitive functions, including visual processing and spatial awareness. Of course, we all know he's totally spaced out and has no awareness. Uh, according to uh, Dr. Robert Yolkin, a virologist who led the original study, this is a striking example, Stu, showing that the innocuous microorganisms we carry could affect behavior and cognition. Now, I wasn't with him. Why was he talking to me in the middle of that quote? I'm not sure. It's weird. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> but he did address you directly. <laughs> that's, that's strange. <laughs> it's kind of weird, isn't it? I feel like it? he's calling me it's stupid weird. is what I, I feel like. Maybe. Okay. You know, uh, I don't like it that. Could be, not it could very be nice. he's doing that old Glenn joke where he calls you Mr. Pid. Mr. Pid. Mr. Stu. Wait, Pid. Stu Pid. Yeah. <laughs> he's only been using that since, I don't know. 1997. And it has no effect because that's not your name. <laughs> it's not even my name. So, so that's how effective <laughs> the joke is. Yeah. Um, 90 participants in the study, 40 tested positive for the algae virus. Uh, those who were tested positive performed worse on tests designed to measure the speed and accuracy of visual processing. Kind of interesting. Yeah, there's another uh, story that I, th I can't remember where I saw this. Where it was talking about um, the new AIDS Oh, I saw that. Did you see that? Some They're saying bug kissing thing? Some kissing no, that's, bug yeah, disease. No, Chagras. Yeah, Chagras. Yeah, you Chagras. Have one? Well, I... I uh, Sicky. You have that, too? Do you have, do you have that one? You have that one? Come on. Is it active, or is it, just, is it dormant? It's in where the feces of the kissing bug mm -hmm. gets inside of you or something. So surely you have that. Well, obviously, you've made out with kissing bugs. My question, though, is... Uh, <laughs> it's becoming more and more prevalent here in the United States. It is, though. They're saying and that... It's from really South America. Bad. I think three, 300,000 people have it or something. You have no symptoms until perhaps it's too late. Yeah. yeah. By uh, the time you got symptoms, which are flu-like, sort of like Ebola... Uh, it's probably too late for you. So you're, you're, screwed. you're screwed, America. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that, because um, you're, you're you're completely toast. Yeah, I mean, it's over. And 300,000, that's really, that's a lot. That is. And, and, of course, 300,000 that don't know they have it, largely. So, yeah. I mean, then you're passing it to more. I guess the, the lesson here, though, is to do, with the short term that you have, do the most that you can. Enjoy your life. Do things Eat. that are important. Eat a lot at restaurants like Olive Garden, for example, okay. um, where this guy, <laughs> I, I love this, that. Alan Martin, thousand people who purchased Olive Garden's never-ending pasta pass. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about this at the time. I would have purchased this, absolutely. It was $100, and you can eat as much <clears> as you wanted at Olive Garden for seven, uh, for, I guess, actually, it's uh, until November 9th. Till November 9th. So a couple of months of eating whatever you want. Most people probably went, will go there three or four times, right? Like you're mm -hmm. going to go. When you go out to dinner, you're going to go there. You're going to go a couple of times with your friends just to do it. You know, probably by the end of the two months, you're going to maybe be, maybe you'll be there even ten times. Let's just go crazy and say you go ten times. This guy has already gone 100 times. A <laughs> uh, hundred times at Olive Garden. He has uh, spent or eaten $1,500 worth of food so far. Um, and I think more than his love of Olive Garden is just he just wants to be the guy who eats the most out of the people who have this pass, which is a weird goal. Uh, but we were talking off the air about um, a guy I know, Sean, who um, would have, as soon as I read this, I was like, this guy, Sean would be the guy who bought the pasta pass and went 
three times a day his entire time. And, and there's that there's a level of people who just want to do that sort of crap for the thrill of doing it, for mm-hmm. the stories you get afterwards. And this guy kind of seems like he's that uh, of that mold. Definitely. Would you go that often? Are no. you a big Olive, Olive Garden guy? No. I will say I could eat about no. 50,000 of those Olive Garden breadsticks. They're good. They're really freaking They're good. good. They're really yeah. good. And I like, you know, I, they have like fettuccine Alfredo. I, I like their, I mean, their food is good. I think it's yeah, good. It's, it is. It's pretty good. I've been, you know, I, Olive Garden gets, has the, is one of those restaurants that for whatever reason has, a, has a, developed this sort of, I don't know, not cheap negative connotation to it. And, like, it's no worse than 25 no. other pasta restaurants you go to. It, it's good. I think it's good. It's pasta. It's got a lot of cheese. It's got awesome breadsticks. You get cheese and you get breadsticks and salad really cheap. I mean, it's a pretty good freaking place. <laughs> you know, it I'm, is. I'm, I'm, it I'm is a, a good place. I, Isn't it? Yes. I, mean, I, look, I, mean, I tend it, to use a little bit too much salt from time to time. Yeah, mm. I mean, is it, uh, you know, the most authentic New York Italian restaurant? No. Is it Carrabba's? It, no. It, no, it's not. I don't, Carrabba's, you're right. Carrabba's thank is fantastic. You. I... Love. I freaking love Carabas. But like Olive Garden reminds me a little bit, and this is love not going to please either either one of these two groups. <laughs> but like it kind of it's like it, it gives me they have the Nickelback thing going on, which there's no oh, explanation right, right. why people hate Nickelback as much as they do. It's just become that joke. And it's like Nickelback They're is the a Nickelback of, of Italian restaurants. And neither they? one of them is going to be happy with that. <laughs> and, and Nickelback, Sadly. I like Nickelback. You like Nickelback. I was never a big like fan them. of them. But, they, but they're, like they're them. similar to that era music where there was a bunch of bands that did that type of thing. They have a pretty mm. big following. Why are like, they any worse than like Def Leppard in the 80s? Well, yeah, and they're Why? not, I guess. I don't you know. think they are. No, they're are just they? the no they're 90s rock band. Nickelback? Right? What? 2000s rock Nickel, band. Nickelback. What's wrong with Nickelback? Nickel, I like Nickelback a okay. hell of a lot more than Def Leppard. You don't yeah. like Def Leppard? Oh, my gosh. Stop are you it. Are you stupid? We're yes, 30. well, we all know yeah, the answer. Stop. Yeah. We all know the answer. Viruses have proven the virus. that. But 30, yeah. I mean, you know, that's yeah. a, I, I want to say, like, they're in that neighborhood of, like, I don't know, a stained... Or, you know, like that mid-2000s was sort of like dark, mm. plotting yeah. rock, which Fuel. I... Uh, yeah, maybe oh, in that... Fuel. It's like, I wasn't a huge fan of that era of alternative or rock music. Mm-hmm. But still, like, there's n- there's no reason... Of all the why. bands, they'll sing like this. Yeah. They were one of the better <laughs> they were one. They're fine, and they had a lot of success. And it's the same thing with Olive Garden. Like, the food is fine. It's yes. You go there, yeah. you enjoy yourself. The yes. food is you know good. You know what you're going to get? You're full. I will tell you this. Macaroni Grill is a heck of a lot better. I like Macaroni uh, Grill a lot, too. So um, is Carabas. But, you know, I would it's, say not, it's not in that category. I don't think it's in the class of, like, Carabas. No, it, Macaroni yeah, Grill it? or Olive Garden. I would no. say it's, it's, a, it's a little bit less expensive. It's a little bit yeah. more... I mean, mass appeal but the food is fine like it's fine you don't yeah. walk out of there being like that it's was fine. the worst experience no, i've ever true. had you never, it's you solid never it's okay i will take olive garden a thousand times over before i go to pf chang's once seriously yes absolutely uh, pf chang's oh, I go to PF mediocre chang's and overrated every day overrated of course I, I disagree with that there's little that i can eat but still it's not i don't i've never been overwhelmed by pf chang's but i like pf chang's they're in that general vicinity i mean pf chang's is probably a little bit higher end because of their Quite the way they decorate no. Yeah, they're a lot more expensive than Olive yeah. Garden, I'd say. Yeah. Aren't they? What else is it? What else would you say is in the Olive Garden category? Red Lobster. McDonald's. No, it's not. McDonald's. <laughs> Red Lobster. It's a sit-down restaurant. Where's the Olive Chili's? Garden? Why Chili's. don't we have Chili's? Chili's. Chili's. Isn't that right? It's yeah. no wor- it's not fine. a huge fan of that either. And also, where's the Chili's? Chili's. Where? Eat it, though.